All right, welcome to episode seven of Figuring It Out with Kian and Nick, a podcast about figuring out if our childhood imaginary friends were deeply problematic. I'm Kian Rice, and I'm joined, as always, by Nick Mudry. That is me. Hello. How are you doing? I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm a bit sleepy. A bit sleepy. Uh, That's all I've heard. Yeah. <laughs> Had a fun night last night. So, um, yeah, yeah. Just really, really tired. I don't want to go to bed. Can we record this podcast in our sleep? <laughs> All right, and thanks for listening. <laughs> no, um, the show must go on. No, but, but I'm doing good. How about you? How about you? I'm doing. I'm doing good too. I'm doing good. It's uh, it's been a week. I mean, we'll get into all the like what we've been playing and stuff, but it's been, mostly just been like three things for me, and that's it, which is kind of interesting, but also kind of chill. It's like I haven't had much going on, so I'm excited about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. How is how's life otherwise though? Like obviously we'll, we'll talk about or playing maybe a bit of what we're watching. But like what else have you been up to? Obviously it's not been very eventful, but like last no. week you were going for walks and shit. Like what's that like? Is that still happening? Yeah, no, I hit seven days in a row of exercising, which is interesting considering I never hit two days in a row probably unless you count like working a convention, which <laughs> I guess is equivalent to exercising. I mean you usually um, get like twenty five thousand steps a day at PAX, which is like oh yeah. I want yeah, to no. So like I've 10 been plus miles. So <laughs> I've been setting like personal goals of at least eight thousand steps a day, or at least five miles. Um, well, I, th- I think I think in the Fitbit app it's at least three, but I usually strive for five, just so I always cross that bar. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, no, that's been going well. I've been clocking in anywhere from like nine thousand to to eleven thousand steps a day, uh, with the exception of yesterday and today. Uh, yesterday it rained, uh, unfortunately, so it actually broke my seven-day streak of actually doing all this stuff, uh, which I was kind of relieved because I did need a day off of that because I was feeling very sore. And today I'm enjoying the inside as well, just like I did yesterday. Um, but picking it back up tomorrow, hopefully it doesn't rain too much this week because uh, 99.9% of, actually 100%, of my exercises outside only right now um mostly just walking um and with with an occasional sprint thrown in there somewhere yeah. um good old asthma keeping me back uh but yeah no it's it's uh when it rains it sucks because i can't <laughs> go outside and it's been very nice weather so yeah yeah i've heard about that because yeah. like my parents are in massachusetts which is pretty close to connecticut and they've been saying it's been a lovely weekend meanwhile in florida it's been a tropical depression so it's been like <laughs> pouring rain and then beautiful out um but yeah i've also been exercising a lot a lot of running more running uh mm-hmm. i did not not run yesterday i actually did my first 10k i did 6.25 oh, yeah. miles yesterday so that was the first time i've run that far outside in florida heat with a mask on <laughs> um so that was uh a challenge i set for myself and i did it uh so i've been running a lot every day this week i think except for friday where i just took it as an opportunity to run walk and pick up my prescription at cbs um yeah just still like a two mile thing total because it's like one mile there one mile back but like you mm-hmm. like going back to what you said like a rest day is actually super important so you don't like injure yourself um so i tried to yeah take, i started take feeling days. I started feeling it on, it must have been Friday. I was just like, my foot was like feeling very sore when I was walking. I'm like, at least I know it's going to rain tomorrow, so I'll have like a day. And then, yeah, today I'm just like, you know, I'll take two days. I'll pick it back up on Monday morning. Because Monday should also be really beautiful considering also it's a holiday. Yeah. And I have the day off. Yeah. Um, 
But cool. And then, you know, I mean, I, the reason I've been running so much is because I've been baking a lot. And when you bake sweet, like, pastries and, like, apple crumbles and banana bread with chocolate chips in it and stuff, you kind of kind of need to burn that stuff off afterwards. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I've also been doing, like, a lot of baking. Just I made some apple crumble. I had a friend try it. Uh, they, they liked it. So that was, that was reassuring. Uh, it was a really weird recipe because, like, apple crumble, you usually, at least the, whenever I've had it, you, like, peel the skin off the apple. But this one told me to leave mm-hmm. it on, and I was like, okay. Interesting. And it, it came out more like an apple casserole, I guess, but it, but it was still tasty. Yeah, I liked it at least, and I guess one other person did so. So yeah, that's something. It was my first time making one, but um, I'm waiting cool. waiting for some bananas to ripen so I can make some more banana bread like everyone else in the world. Um, I love banana bread. Yeah, yeah I've never made it. Yeah. I've never really baked anything. I probably have baked a cake once in my life, and that's about it. I've I used to like cook intermittently, but I've been trying to get more into it. Um, I think mostly because like not having full time employment, I've been like taking doing takeout less, so I want to mix up my meals more. Like I just did a Whole Foods yeah. order, um, which I, I feel kind of bad about honestly because Whole Foods doesn't treat their employees well. But uh, like just a bunch of vegetables and potatoes. Like I want to start cooking more fancy dinners and yeah, baking's a good way to kill time without like looking at a computer screen. Uh, and then <laughs> when I'm like binge watching uh, or watching a movie or something, I can kind of chow down on some of that stuff um yeah. which in classic me fashion is a very forced segue <laughs> into what we've been watching um so so let's start with you like what have you been watching it looks like for for once you've been watching a fair bit it's i guess more it's it's more new things than uh my usual what's repeat binge something i've watched before that's what which she i guess said. uh <laughs> that didn't uh, work I'll... <laughs> It was it was it was a try. Uh, so yeah, I've been watching. I watched a little bit more of The Office, which is a show that everyone says I need to watch, and I I, I agree with them. I just never watched it, and it's it just takes me forever to watch shows. I guess, especially things I haven't seen before. So I'm at like episode six of season one of The Office. Oh now. Jesus! Oh God! I you know. haven't even gotten to when it gets good because like the first season of that show. Wait wait wait! Is not no 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 no! Never mind. I'm wrong. I'm on episode two of season two. I just okay. So you're starting blinded. to get to like the good the good show because yes, the first season of The Office is like, great. Yeah, the first season felt like very developmental and trying to figure out what the hell the show is from the creators. Yeah, and also um, like how do we make it our own without deviating too far from the original uh, BBC? Is it the BBC? It's a Brit- the original British show either way. Um, oh, is it? Yeah, because uh, The Office in Eng- is from England originally. It was only two seasons. Ricky Gervais was Michael Scott's equivalent. Yeah, I remember hearing Instead that. Instead of that Jim, it's right. Tim. Uh, so you know, I, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm I'm enjoying it more and more. I think it's coming off of Netflix soon, yes. so it's kind of giving me a incentive to watch it. I hope it's not at the end of May because it, that would it, suck. It might be because uh, Peacock is coming out soon, and that will live there, and so will Parks and Rec. So mm, yeah, well, maybe. I mean, worst case, I'll subscribe to Peacock or whatever. And <laughs> that is the worst case. Five ninety nine a month. Another subscription service. I mean, I, I did bump my Hulu down from my forty four ninety nine a month live TV down to the five ninety nine with ads, so <laughs> I'm happy about that. Um, so I'm, I have some some wiggle room in my budget to probably uh, temporarily subscribe to another streaming, streaming service. service. Yeah, I'm probably going to resubscribe to Disney Plus with the package that is ESPN, so I can kind of watch some soccer and then also get mm. my Hulu back because uh, I think there's more content on Hulu nowadays that I actually want to watch. I, so yeah, like, I like Hulu a little bit more than Netflix. Netflix has some good stuff, but it feels like, um, yeah, no, Netflix feels a little dry uh, these days. They have some, they have some good stuff, but 
in terms of like non-original content they don't have a lot of the stuff that i'm looking for not that i really know what i'm looking for anyways but the way i look at it is is like original netflix like series great there's tons of that now uh films netflix yeah but i think a lot of the like network television like owners who also own like movie corporate and stuff are trying to as we're saying, mm-hmm. like create their own streaming services. So some of that content is starting to like leave, like we're talking about with the yeah. office and uh, parks and rec and stuff. Um, so yeah. I, I can't justify Peacock, especially because it's <laughs> NBC has such a weird track record. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Yep. Yeah, no. Um, plus Netflix I, just yeah, got I, community. So who, who needs another <laughs> streaming service? Exactly. Um, yeah. I, but yeah, I'm uh, just starting season two, I think of the office, which, I'm happy about, and I'm pretty sure a lot of my friends who've been yelling at me to watch The Office, so I finally understand all their references about it. Uh, False. Will be happy. Black Bear. <laughs> You'll get there soon. Um, um. I will get there soon. Uh, but the other show I've been watching, I actually started rewatching it. I say, I say, I say, rewatching like I've seen it in full before, but I've only seen the first couple of episodes. Is Westworld on HBO? A uh, friend and I, we started watching that together last night, which was a lot of fun. I'm about halfway through season one. Um, and, like, I've seen bits and pieces of most of the episodes I've seen before. So, like, it wasn't all too surprising, but, like, it was a good refresher um, to know where to, to, like, start really rethinking about where the story is going to go. Um, I'm going to keep it super spoiler-free just because I also don't, I like, this is an interesting show to the point where I don't really know what's going on. Um well, I know what's going on, but I'm like trying to figure it out. It's a mystery box kind on. of show. It's, it's a big old mystery yeah. box. Yeah, um, I think it's like just about to hit a point where there's like that. There's like a handful of different storylines uh, between like two or three groups of characters that I think are just about to uh, collide into each other. That I'm very interested to see how that works. Yeah. Um, the other the other thing, like I, I started to think more about when I was watching it last night was like i think the first few times i watched the first couple of episodes i always thought it was showing scenes in some sort of like linear fashion but i don't like i started it's pulling a witcher where it's like showing flashbacks and stuff but not letting you necessarily know that yeah something like that i feel like it's actually doing which like i started to like think about especially there's like weird scenes where like obviously there is a character like progressing in their own story with another character but then they pull back out to like that character having like one-on-ones with a different character and i'm just like oh i never thought of that the fact that this could have just been happening at different points in time um which is interesting like they they could it could also be like a week's difference in time but like i never made that connection so i'm like it's making the theories go in my head a little bit more Um, the, the, the thing that sucks is i'm seeing a bunch of actors in this show that i'm like i wonder if i've seen them in something else but I'm like, I don't want to look them up on IMDb because I'll see if like, oh, they're in season two or in season three. And it's like, okay, that starts to tell yeah. me like that this character might or might not get killed off or whatever it is. So I'm just like, I and just then you might also see actors that you do know who are in future seasons that aren't in this current one, et cetera. And yeah, so, um, it's, it's, it's a lot of that. I mean, I, part of my incentive to be watching is because Aaron Paul's in season three. Okay. So you already knew that. Was, and that's what I was trying not to say. <laughs> yeah. I know that. I know that. I don't know what his involvement is at all. Um, but as a big Breaking Bad fan, I want to. I mean, I like things that Aaron Paul is in, uh, and I kind of want to go on an Aaron Paul 
TV movie binge at some point. Cool. Of just and Need for Speed. Season. Can't forget about his, his in, role oh, in Need yeah, for Speed, Need the live-action adaptation of the classic narrative video game franchise, <laughs> Need for Speed. Um, yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, probably finishing season one tonight. Hopefully, if not, probably tomorrow or next weekend uh, with my friend. And then we're going to go on to season two. I'm quite excited. Nice, nice, nice. Um, How about you? Yeah, so I, I only put two things in the run of show, but I, I actually want to speak to a third. So I like texted you earlier this week with a Kotaku article about how you this did. TV show that I've never seen, but it's an NBC show, so I guess we could stream it on it. Peacock. <laughs> um, it's called The Blacklist. <laughs> it stars James Spader, who does show up in The Office uh, in the second to last season. Spoiler. That's not really a spoiler. I know. Uh, <laughs> um, but I guess he's like a criminal mastermind or something, mm-hmm. and... Uh, because of COVID-19, a lot of shows have had to figure out what they're doing to end their, their runs this year or even how they go into next year. Like with Riverdale, they ended it two episodes early because they got an early case of the Rona because they shoot in Vancouver. And I think that was one of yeah. the like initial hotspots. The Blacklist did something very different for its season finale. It had filmed chunks of the show. And for the chunks it had it filmed... Um, they decided to like do pre-rendered like PlayStation Two era visuals, maybe early PS3, um, Xbox 360 graphics for like CGI um, animated versions of the show. And I only looked at the trailer because I didn't realize there would be no easy way for me to watch the actual episode because I wanted to. Uh, and it looks so batshit wild like it, it looks it, so it looks dated crazy um but it's such an interesting way to improvise this and i do wonder almost if like next season we see like a darth of like adult animated series or something that are like serialized like almost like if anime becomes like the thing but like it's western animation but it's like serialized storytelling <laughs> for adults in prime time just because there's no guarantee it'll be safe to resume production on like live action television or not for the fall season yeah um, so i i was really curious f- to see that um and i kind of honestly would have loved to see like riverdale do this <laughs> um because i feel like <laughs> i've always joked about like a riverdale telltale game and like it co- riverdale being based off a comic book like giving it that kind of like cell shaded art style i feel like could work for two episodes um yeah um, but yeah so i just want to quickly shout out that trailer because i was just like they they're like cutting between live action footage and like super dated um visuals um it does look like a very like early telltale game like an alpha version of a telltale it looks like back so it looks like the like sam and max curse is it curse of monkey island is the telltale one like that era like the pre-walking dead era telltale so like super Mm -hmm. early um yeah, but before I get to the other one I had to run a show, I did actually want to quickly shout out that I have been watching Community. I am on the sixth season. Really excited to watch the movie. <laughs> did you watch the, uh, just as a tangent a little bit, but uh, did you watch their live script? Read? I have not yet. I'm going to watch it once I've finished uh, the sixth season um, and the movie, obviously, because the movie definitely yeah. is a thing. Uh, the Inspector Space Time crossover. Um, but Community, it's it's such an interesting show to watch. Um it's mm-hmm. entire because like I had watched it, but I only watched up till season three, and probably not all of season three. Like I had stopped before the gas leak season, um, and like the gas leak season, wow, uh, it's not bad, but it very much is a show being written by different people, being like, this is what communities like, right? 
this yeah. is the show you like right like we are we are like really trying to let you know that we have seen community it's like it's a very try hard version of community mm-hmm. um and that 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 shows a lot um season five was like good uh there, there was a, mm-hmm. a, the crime professor was pretty cool but like i missed donald glover uh and i felt like abed like i felt like emotions for abed which was weird because like, i don't really feel like i watch that show and i feel like i have an emotional arc as a viewer but like after like um troy leaves the show spoiler alerts because donald glover left community to go on yep. to become like a polymath mastermind of like arts yeah. and uh, music everything in between um like like the the episodes where abed's kind of coping with that were like actually like holy shit and i think that's kind of reflective of the fact that i think and maybe i'm pulling this out of my ass but like Dan Harmon, problematic creator, terrible guy. Uh, he is on the autism spectrum, and I think he's kind of always said that Abed is kind of like a, a cipher for him in the show. And mm-hmm. I think so maybe he has a special attachment to the character, and so he was kind of able to put sort of how he would have felt about losing like his only his best friend or whatever. Um, but like that that was interesting. I'm on season six. I'm like halfway through. Uh, season six isn't doing much for me. Um, so yeah, I've heard that. Uh, but it is wild to think about that this was on Yahoo. <laughs> uh, Yahoo screen. Yeah, uh, uh, Yahoo screen. Um, and then finally, I want to talk about a movie I watched um, called Jojo Rabbit. Uh, it's from Taika Waititi, who people probably know from What We Do in the Shadows, but maybe even more so from a little Marvel Cinematic Universe film called Thor Ragnarok, a.k.a. the good Thor movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> a, he's uh, from New Zealand, uh, and this is a movie that was nominated for a lot of Oscars. I think he was nominated for his acting, his directing. The movie was nominated for Best Picture and maybe Best Screenplay. Scarlett Johansson is in it. I think she was nominated for Best Supporting Actress. Um this is such a difficult movie to talk about, um, but it was like an emotional roller coaster. So, Nick, are you familiar with this movie at all? I am not. Okay. Not at all. Okay. So, a name like Jojo Rabbit doesn't really explain what this movie is at all, nope. right? Like, you probably have no idea. You probably even think it's like a children's like animated film. For, That's like, what it concept. sounds like by the name to exactly. me. Exactly. Um, no, it's not that. It's um, it's a movie about a young german boy in world war ii he's a 10 year old hitler youth whose imaginary best friend is adolf hitler uh and he is a nazi the kid is a nazi um just straight up he hates you know he's he's got he's learned he's internalized all these like bullshit things about jewish people like and these terrible things and he wants to rise up the ranks of of the reich and stuff and become Mm -hmm. like second in command to hitler and um it's kind of terrible and like at the you just kind of see over this movie him evolve and learn that this isn't a good thing it's kind of about it's a coming of age story about sort of learning right and wrong and the right. difficulty even of a parent in my mind of trying not to destroy your child but also having to keep a terrible secret from them because of that uh, and how that can mm-hmm. misdirect them so uh the kind of overarching plot besides this 10 year old having like a imaginary friend who's hitler um is that he's a nazi his his mom hates the nazis uh he believes his dad is off fighting in italy as a nazi um and he comes home one day after a grenade basically blows up in him and scars his face a little bit and uh he's healed and everything but he finds a jewish girl hiding in his house 
uh, and she, mm-hmm. he starts to like study her, quote unquote, and like she threatens like if you tell anyone, like you and your mom will be killed, uh, blah blah blah. And it's like his older sister who is dead in the movie. It's like friend, um, and it's just kind of gotcha. a story about how he learns um, that you know maybe all these myths he's heard are just gaslighting and bullshit. Uh, and as the movie goes on, his relationship with his imaginary Hitler changes to one of like Hitler being an antagonist. Um, and you mm-hmm. kind of start to see like power dynamics in play because there's like this uh, commander in, that he looks up to in his local regiment, I guess, who's uh, like a, who seems to be like a good guy, but is also a Nazi. And you kind of learn why that might be uh, without mm-hmm. spoiling it too much. Um, and it was just like it was a really cute movie at times. It was a really horrifying movie at times. It was a really sad movie at times. Um, yeah. A lot, a lot happens here, but it was, it was a really good watch, and uh, I, I would definitely recommend it to anyone kind of wants to uh think about sort of how people young people are being radicalized today because i've also been listening to a new york times podcast called the rabbit hole which is a lot about like youtube and the far right and then like i guess like super leftist um youtube stuff Mm -hmm. Um, and they've talked about pewdiepie they interviewed pewdiepie but it talks about sort of how today's youth and people today are being radicalized excuse me by the internet and i think this movie coupled with that podcast has been a very nice um two-course meal (laughs) so to speak (laughs) um but yeah that's really all i've been watching um so let's kind of quickly talk about like the games we're playing um nick i think i think it's business as usual with you but uh why why don't you tell us about your destiny 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 updates yeah, so literally that's all I've been playing uh, this past week. There might have been something else that I ended up playing, but what I what I could recall is many hours being spent on Destiny, probably like at least thirty, <laughs> um, which is an insane amount. But I uh, I finally grinded my way to level one hundred of the season pass, which is really cool. Got that out of the way, um, which actually gave me some additional perks for playing the base like the base content of the season which is like all these bunkers for Rasputin which is like this overlord war mine for earth um there's a lot of things to do for that I'm trying to grind out while the season ends in the next like 15 days I'm trying to hopefully because I started playing the seasonal content pretty late so I'm like very far behind compared to most people um, but I am trying to at least get one of each of the like seasonal exclusive like weapons and other things that are part of it. So luckily, I, I I'm like getting there, but it's it's definitely a uh, that that part is definitely a grind, but it's actually not too horrible. Um, something cool happened in the last like week or two of Destiny, which is there was a community quest that went up, which essentially had the entire community have to like complete um, like. I think it was. I think it was originally like nine million runs of whatever these of the like seasonal activity, like the the seasonal public event, um, which is like defending Seraph Towers or, or yeah, it's like defending Seraph Towers, and it's 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 a tough event. But eventually, Bungie kind of tweaked that quest and made it a little bit easier. Um, but after getting that quest, uh, there was a few more steps, and eventually you got to unlock a very cool shotgun. That was in Destiny One. That people that is it's a very OP gun in Crucible. I look forward to it. Hopefully, getting nerfed soon because it's all that's all that people are using in PvP, and it's very tough to get by. Um, but it was it was a cool quest. There was a it was bugged for a little bit, which upset people. But like whatever, like that just gave me more time to go focus on other things than uh, 
worry about the whole quest itself. Um, but yeah, that's mostly been my destiny. It's just like I've been grinding away at it this last week. It's been addicting, addicting in a fun way, which is good, and not just like feeling like I have to play yeah, it. Mostly because like I, FOMO. I have a, I, 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 like destiny yeah. FOMO. Yeah, I have I have, I have, I have a, a group of friends who are kind of in the same spot as me, like get getting into the season around the same time. So like we're all kind of in this together and having fun with it and just like doing what we can. Um, I'm slowly trying to learn and understand the lore of the game. I know there's like a lot there and like the more i'm getting invested in destiny just the gameplay i like I'm like uh, i want to learn more and i'm trying to like figure out ways to do that there's like a youtuber who has a video that is four hours long Jesus that walks Christ. through destiny story all the way through shadow keep and like it only starts talking about destiny one two hours in <laughs> jesus christ i'm only like i, I think i can explain 45 the story right minutes now. in it's like really it's, quickly it's, so there's the darkness and then there's the light and um, yep. the traveler and that's really all you need to know <laughs> Now go go get out there, Guardians. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. I'm debating buying the the books that Bungie sells that are that dive into the story a little bit more. Uh, they're only like 25 bucks a book, so we'll see in the next couple of weeks if I end up buying that's that. That's a lot for a book. <laughs> it is, but there's 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 a lot of there's a lot of pages, and it's a hardcover. Yeah, so like I have a a thousand page novel back here in my uh, bookcase that you can't see that i spent ten dollars on just just so well, like i have pages <laughs> all right i'll go find one used on amazon <laughs> um, uh but yeah no that's 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 been my destiny update it's just a lot of grinding and learning uh and just getting excited for next season which seems like it's gonna be there's gonna be some big stuff happening in the game so cool. can't wait cool 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 um i feel like we should just make a destiny segment for you nick <laughs> Like, I mean, it pretty much yeah. is just between what we're watching and what we're playing, and then you talk about what you're playing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I've been playing uh, more Jedi Fallen Order. I, I I went back and I checked where the colons were. It's just Star Wars Jedi colon Fallen Order. There's no colon gotcha. after Star Wars. Uh, still a weird place to put the colon. I feel like, uh, but I guess it's yeah. kind of implying that this would be a series called Star Wars Jedi. Um, it's a good game. Uh, I think, mm-hmm. again, my, my critiques last week stand. Um, I will say that the performance is terrible. Uh, this has been a thing since launch. It got better, uh, but apparently the yeah. patch they released for Star Wars Day made it a lot worse, and I am seeing that. Uh, this morning, mm-hmm. I got up way too early. Like I had been asleep for like two hours, so like I went to bed at like three, got up at nice. five, <laughs> and uh, I was like, I need to just... I can't get back to sleep. I'm just going to play Star Wars, so... I'm pretty far in the game, and I was doing this thing where I had to, like, escape this Jedi temple, and I think I had almost escaped, and then the game just, like, paused, like, stopped completely, and just made this loud buzzing sound, and it wasn't my Xbox, because I was able to access the guide and exit the game, and I was just like, I'm gonna go and do something else until I can fall asleep again. That Um, sounds... Yeah. Yeah, stuff like that um a lot of like hitches and stuff um and, and it's really unfortunate because like sometimes it it is actually like the difference between like dying and living um again mm-hmm. i think i think it's a lot more enjoyable playing it on the lower difficulty for me because of the like terrible platforming um and the sort of combination of dark souls like systems uh i actually had to drop the difficulty all the way down to story mode for a boss fight because it was just so frustrating even on uh the difficulty i was on story mode is like the super easy difficulty um, yeah 
But yeah, I don't know. It, it, it is a good game. I'd like to see them kind of find a better balance of that Uncharted platforming stuff and Metroid stuff and the Dark Souls kind of corpse run mechanics because it feels way too often that those skill sets clash with each other and that if you're not a good platformer but you're really good at the combat that you're going to get screwed over just because you've missed a platform a few times and because again the platforming is not super great it's very easy to like jump and just be like slightly off and like you'll jump mm -hmm. onto like a uh like a tightrope kind of thing and you'll just fall to your death and you'll lose a chunk of health so I'd really like to see what they could do to tweak it. I think Respawn's a great team. I think every time they make a sequel, all one times that they've done it so far, they've gone <laughs> above and beyond, right? Like Titanfall was a great game, but Titanfall 2 was a masterpiece. Um, yep. So I like, still need to play Titanfall 2. It oh, looks great, single though. player is so good. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I'm excited for Jedi colon fallen resistance me i don't colon two <laughs> colon two yeah um or jedi fall in order to jedi colon fall in order to colon fallen resistance i don't know um other than that you know i played a little bit of this uh xbox game called phantom dust yesterday it's uh an interesting title because it was maybe one of the few first party japanese xbox games on the original xbox uh it came out in the u.s towards the end of the system's life cycle like late 2005 before the after the 360 was announced mm -hmm. before it came out microsoft didn't publish it in the u.s majesco did for 20 dollars, uh, and i was a big fan of it because i'm into weird japanese games um and obviously i was really excited when microsoft announced like a, a reboot remake kind of thing of phantom dust for um xbox one back in 2014 and i mean there's a whole story on like polygon about what happened there because the game was basically canceled and it the studio that was working on it kind of had to go under as a result and mm -hmm. i think it, it always kind of seems like this was before microsoft was really making that sea change to kind of do right by everyone and so i'd be curious what could happen with a phantom dust remake now um but yeah it's a weird card battler arena fighter kind of thing with a wild like lanky character aesthetic that i really like in this weird post-apocalyptic punk aesthetic so really fun going back and playing that um if anybody has an xbox or windows 10 the game is completely free i believe um so you don't actually have to pay for the game mm -hmm. and it has online play uh one thing they were able to do with this version versus the original which also had online play via the og xbox live is they can like tweak cards at values and stuff in the cloud and kind of adjust the game i don't know if they're actually doing that because i don't know how many people are actually playing this game yeah i don't like think it yeah has it, it does, probably doesn't have tens values. of people yeah so all tens of people can really um figure out the, the right balance and stuff but yeah and other than that uh you know animal crossing a little bit every day and then uh watam or watam i've never been sure how to say it it's uh, a game from phenomena uh, a studio led by robin hunicky uh who've worked on a few games, uh, some P VR stuff for Oculus and PlayStation VR, uh, and uh, they also had a Magic Leap title. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, but they worked one of those games they had been working on for a long time and finally came out last late last year is a game from Katamari Damacy creator Keita Takahashi, who's a wonderful dude. I met him once at PAX. So nice. Uh, and it is very much a game that he made. <laughs> you uh like if you've played Katamari, it's like a very weird game with a very cutesy mm -hmm. aesthetic. Um, this is just an adorable game that I actually played one night because I was like having a panic attack just to be like super upfront. And uh, 
I need something to kind of keep me occupied, but that was like simple and cheery. I wasn't going to kind of get y'all tense if I was play like, like Jedi Fallen Order might. So yeah. it, it was a nice kind of game to relax to. You just kind of make friends and you like try to, you have to meet conditions to make new friends and then you hold hands and you dance and stuff and they all make silly sounds and it, it's a ridiculous game and I love it. Um, it's very cute. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's really all I've been playing though. Um, and yeah, I think just for, for the audience, we want to kind of keep this episode a bit shorter because we're both very busy today. I'm exhausted and I have stuff to do as well. And Nick's pretty, pretty busy today. So we're... somehow I ended up with a pack Sunday, even though I told everyone I was completely free on Sunday. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, I could do that. I'm like, ah, crap. I said yes, like too many times today. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so I guess like all that said, we're, we're, um, we're just going to get right into your video pick of the week. Yes. So I found this on Twitter. This is a video on Twitter. It's probably available somewhere else, but it's on Twitter. That's what we're going to link to and retweet. Um, but it is a behind the scenes or they, they call it behind the cameras uh, of this stop motion animated film called Missing Link, which I've actually never seen. Uh, apparently came out last year, uh, according to the tweet. I didn't look too much into the movie yet but i might after seeing this video because i like stop motion that's super cool uh we both have a mutual friend who's super into stop motion <laughs> i was gonna say uh, stop motion I'm, game jam yeah yeah i need to send this to to them because i think they would uh they would like this if they haven't seen it. i'm pretty sure they've seen this but if you're uh, a game developer interested in making a stop motion game uh i think search stop motion jam on itch.io i don't know if it's happening yep. right now if it's already happened this year but um that's a game jam there might exists. be something on twitter about it too uh maybe if we remember we could put that in the show notes uh because there's a cool game jam there i've seen some cool games come out of it but yeah this is this this video is behind the scenes of a bunch of shots in the movie and it's just kind of cool to get that like nice look at how it all came together and it's like a stop motion of the behind the scenes too which is just like it's super neat it's it's a nice time lapse just seeing how how they filmed a lot of these scenes and like what what props are real in the world versus also like what they're green screening in and how they're assembling the sets over these over each individual camera shot they do um I wish they gave the time scale of how long it took for them to do all this. I know it, it this video obviously is super like, sped up. <laughs> yeah, it's super sped up, um, almost in real time with with the movie. Um, but I could imagine this was done over several days. Even certain scenes probably took several days. Just judging on like you could see them constructing and deconstructing yeah, things sets in real time. In each quote shot. Unquote. Yeah, it's insane. I wish I knew more about how they like planned all this because this is insane and like i can't even fathom the scope of just how you'd be like all right this is what we're gonna do uh we're not gonna have too many errors we're just gonna roll with this and get this done like i don't know how stop motion movies or anything really do like pickup shots because it just seems like you just have to reshoot that whole thing all over again um but this is it's it's super fascinating the movie is uh is missing link um which i will probably check out because like just based on this video it looks looks interesting i don't know what the plot is um but it looks super cool so uh, check that video out yeah yeah i think i i think i have a general sense of what the movie is uh i want to say it's about like sasquatch but he's actually he's always thought of humans as like a uh maybe i'm mixing up my movies but i feel like it's a movie about sasquatch not knowing that humans are real and, and him kind of being surprised maybe i'm getting my hmm. movies convinced but it, it looks like a good film um so yeah cool yeah. um 
But yeah, um, we're going to take a quick break, and when we're back, we're going to talk about our favorite games of all time, and also talk a little bit about games and their place in our lives right now, and, uh, you know, maybe a song pick of the week, maybe a Renzo Minute, who knows? Um, so stay Never tuned, know. we'll be right back. All right, welcome back. Uh talked a little about what we've been playing this past week what we've been watching but uh, i kind of thought with a lot of the games focused conversations we've been having like it might be good to talk about um our favorite games of all time of mm-hmm. all time as kanye might say when he tries to steal steal an award and say beyonce deserved it um instead of a, a different person uh and then also kind of talk about like where video games fit into our lives yeah. right now sounds um, like a fun conversation so, yeah um, so let's talk about our favorite game of all time because uh, they're from different decades for they both are. of us, and they're very different games. And I think they're both very uh, reflective of the kinds of games we often yes. play. Um, so Nick, how all about right? You go so I'll first? go first. Um, my game, my favorite game of all time, which could probably change tomorrow, but this is kind of <laughs> where I, I put Fair. some thought into this and kind of where I landed at. Um, and it's Halo 2 for the original Xbox, the good old 2004 release of that game. November 9th, 2004. I'll never forget, because it's tattooed on someone's body. <laughs> I actually rewatched that the other day. That's actually, like, it's weird. Um, but You got it removed. Uh, yeah, no, Halo 2. You got the GTA yep. 4 tattoo removed What a shame. Well. What a shame. Um, but, yeah, no, Halo 2, definitely, I would say, one of my favorite, if not my favorite, greatest game of all time that i've played um not just because of the gameplay and i got to, to to start talking about the gameplay i guess like at the time it, it felt revolutionary to me like i was super young at the time probably shouldn't have been playing an m-rated game you were like 10 yeah yeah you were like seven years too young for this because i was 13 yeah, when i was i was very out. young uh but i remember getting this game on launch day i got the collector's edition i lost it i rebought the collector's edition recently just because i was like i would Jesus need to have it I have a sealed copy of the game somewhere too because I'm like I just really like Halo. Nerd. It's in the basement somewhere, all sealed. I, I, I'm proud to own it. I, the strategy guide is in my closet over there. It's all that all that stuff. But no, like Halo Two did a lot of interesting things. Not just in just like it's a, it's a good first person shooter. It's a, it's a lot of fun. Um, the campaign was all right. I mean, like at the time, I didn't really understand that it was a cliffhanger <laughs> ending. I was just like, this is cool. This is fun. I enjoy it. Like, but looking back as someone who cares more about story and stuff like that these days I'm like wow that sucked <laughs> and, and and it's funny you say that because like right like i was 13 and i remember finishing that game and being like what the fuck i was just like oh what cool there's the a halo 3 coming that, like that makes sense that's cool um but like yeah it was a jarring ending the more i think about that um I mean, it wasn't even just the cliffhanger. I think it was just very fundamentally, at least for me, and I think this is reflective of a lot of the internet, um, the fact that you finished that game playing as, and maybe you'll talk about this, not Master Chief, Mm -hmm. (laughs) was like, what? Yeah. It's his game. (laughs) He's Halo. He's a cool dude who isn't afraid of anything. Yeah, no. Um, That that single player is interesting to to think back on. But that's actually not like, I don't don't think that the, the, the... I don't think that's why it's remembered Not in all this really. game. <laughs> um, I mean, it was fun, and there's a lot of fun fun missions in there, and how it looks great in the re- remaster 
the Master Chief Collection. The Anniversary Edition uh, Which actually, I think Halo 2 just came to PC Master Chief Collection. Yes. So I haven't checked it out on PC it's yet. now finally officially yes, out. I, I think yes, it's out I of beta. Played, I played one match of like containment, and that's it. Um, but I'm looking forward to actually like playing that game on PC and seeing all the nice visuals. Um, but no, the reason that I think it is one of the greatest of all time games for me is because it was the very first like social experience for me especially in like online gaming um it, it like allowed me to feel that feel that sense of being social with people both like friends i knew and also like making new friends across the internet which is like at that time is like a jarring and crazy subject especially it's like also at the time your parents like don't talk to strangers online like and now that's like you're like fuck you mom and dad that's like all we do and it's like i remember like i've made i made several friends that were both like way older than me and i'm actually still friends with them to this day which is just like weird to think as like a child uh doing that and then also like i made other friends that were like my age and like we would just play halo all the time whenever we both got home from school like we've never met. I know Vlombeer's Rami Ishmael through the internet from when I was a kid. <laughs> like, so I I, yeah. I get it. But no, I get it. it. it um, Halo Two kickstarted like that's the reason why I got Xbox Live is to play with my cousin uh, who lived who I used to always go over to his house and just play Xbox Live with him. Um, that like created an interesting social connection there. Um, Allowed, like they had all this whole they had like friends lists and clans and all those other like interesting things that games were not doing at that time um in the game itself and halo 3 didn't even yeah halo 3 is like screw clans <laughs> like no that was actually a cool feature just because it was a Which second was, friends list. and that was like a hot topic it was, I feel it was like. such a nice second friends list um especially when you could only have 100 friends on xbox live at that time which look at us now you could have a thousand or something like that um but yeah no it was it was interesting and like a lot of my gaming roots especially like online gaming community roots fall back to halo 2 um a lot of my like interest in like technical stuff like programming and like casual just like hacking things to see what you could do with them came from halo 2 because i would soft mod my xbox and like screw around with like halo 2 mods and then go oh you could do way more than just modding halo 2 like you could make the xbox do weird things and like that's where i started getting more of interest in like programming and stuff like that um so like hey halo 2 not just like the 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 game itself but like the social and cultural impact it had bumps it way up there to being like top game of all time for me um i do want to mention like because of how like crazy halo 2 was for like xbox live back at the time i think i sent you this link but there's like a group of people trying to like reboot original xbox live since it's like a wild and crazy thing and like i have a lot of like concerns and questions about this um like i don't actually think it will be the safest thing to use because the dude's just like yeah we have an account creation process this will be totally free i'm just like hosting it on my own server i'm like i mean cool (laughs) this is Uh, fine i don't don't expect any of that to like any data to never go anywhere right um but apparently someone's like actually like working on a hack where you could redirect the dns of your xbox like your original xbox connect to fake xbox live i think it's called the insignia project um yeah that that was it because i remember that title i was like what what is he <laughs> sending me something called the insignia project and then i looked at the like uh preview uh text yeah. oh but like there is like oh. proof of concepts so that it's working um like i don't know how a lot of games are actually going to work especially games that require servers and aren't purely peer-to-peer which like yeah how am i gonna play fantasy star <laughs> online episodes one and two 
the original on yeah. Xbox. But yeah, apparently they're supposed to like have that rolling soon, like in like their own closed beta kind of things. So I'm curious to see what works and what, yeah. what what doesn't. And like, there are other ways to play Halo Two on your original Xbox on the internet through like Xbox Connect and other weird system link hacks. But um, you just play you the Vista version. The Vista Windows version. Vista I have the CD around here somewhere. I just don't have my stupid Jesus product Christ. codes. So I can never install. Um, uh, or the Master Chief Collection. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Halo, Halo yeah. Two. Top of the list for me. Nice, nice, nice. Um, I, I, I like how you kind of said like it could change for you tomorrow, kind of thing. Even though you like put a lot of thought into it, because my my favorite game of all time has been my favorite game of all time for a very, very <laughs> long time. Um, I think anytime someone asks me my favorite game of the time, I think like the Worcester Telegram and Gazette has me, it quoted me going, "Oh, that's easy. It's Link's Awakening <laughs> DX." Um, because my favorite game of all time is The Legend of Zelda: Link's Awakening slash Link's Awakening DX for the Game Boy mm-hmm. Color. Um, so for me, this was like super informative uh, because it really defined not only like my taste in games, but it got me making games, kind of like how Halo 2 had you modding yeah. stuff. Uh, Link's Awakening DX, just through happenstance, connected me with an older kid. Um, and this actually ended up kind of being the same story that made me uh, start the game, my now-canceled RPG called Clockbound EP, mm-hmm. um, where this older kid um, who was in high school at the time, and I was in like fourth or fifth grade, he told me that there was this tool that you could download on Windows that would let you make your own Zelda games. Uh and so I very much associate this game with sort of me taking the career trajectory mm-hmm. I have. Um, and like I made my first game at the age of nine um, and it would not have done that if not for this game. And I probably wouldn't be interested in games at all if I had not played this because um, growing up when I lived in Ireland, Ireland was never Europe as a whole in the 90s was not a big Nintendo country. Okay. Uh, the Sega, the Sega Mega Drive. Yeah. Um, known as the Sega Genesis here, it was known as the Mega Drive, I believe. Was the ma- yeah, Sega is either the Master. The Sega Genesis had a different name <laughs> in Europe. I'm just can't remember if it's the Master System or the Mega Drive because one of those names is the name of the first Sega console. One of them is just the European name yeah. of the Genesis. Um, but my aunt had one of those, and I had like played like maybe Streets of Rage two once. We talked about Streets of Rage four last week. I played Sonic the Hedgehog. Sonic the Hedgehog is definitely like the first game I ever played uh, as like a three year old. Um, and then I'd probably played like a little bit of Golden Axe. But like I moved to America, uh, and like these kids I met in my neighborhood, they're all like, "Let's play Nintendo <laughs> and video games." And I thought, and I'm not joking, and I feel like anybody who knows me now would be blown away by what I'm about to say. But I was like. I literally, as like a five-year-old, with an Irish accent, I said, video games are dumb. <laughs> I think these are dumb. Let's go outside and play. I don't like your fucking Mario, so. Um, <laughs> like, I was never really into games when I, as like a little kid. I thought they were kind of dumb. But then I started to get more interested, mostly because of Pokemon. But I didn't have a way to play Pokemon mm-hmm. because my parents didn't want to buy me a game system. And so my grandparents and... 99 when we were visiting ireland for christmas they uh, they actually bought me a game boy color yeah. and they didn't buy me any games uh and so the next night after christmas we went to my godmother's house and, sh- and she got me a game and it was terrible it's this game called holy magic century which uh most people uh won't know because i don't think it came out in america but it is they will know the n64 version okay. of this game uh because it is an infamously terrible n64 quote-unquote rpg called quest 64 <laughs> they made like a game boy color spin-off of that game 
that uh, it's really just like shittier Pac-Man, but with like monsters. Gotcha. It's kind of like a Pac-Man style game. Um, so that game, like I was already just like, oh God, this is not what I want. I want Pokemon. Uh, but then like a night after that, I went to my uncle and aunt's house and my cousin's house and they gave me and my cousin each a game. And my cousin got the game I wanted, Pokemon Red, because fucking Charizard, yeah. my boy. Um, and I got this game called The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening Deluxe Edition or DX. And oh, like, that's what, what DX stands for. What is okay. this? Um, uh, and like, I don't know. I was like really disappointed because I was like, what? I was like eight or nine years old. And here I am being given not Pokemon. Exactly. <laughs> the only reason I wanted a Game Boy. Uh but I started playing it, and I was like, it was so weird, and it was like you're washed upon this island, and it was like this sense of mystery and exploration that like immediately struck me because, as a kid, I loved to go in the backyard and explore the woods behind my house, and I, I mean, Nick, you've been to the house yep. I grew up in like for most of my life, because and the other house I lived in before that, when I actually got my Game Boy, was like half a mile down the oh, street, wow. but like I lived near like a, t- a forest, like I was literally near a state park, and there are trails and ex- places mm-hmm. to explore, so I did that a lot. And this game felt like that, and, and and that was great, and it spoke to me. And it was also really hard as a, a yep. eight-year-old. Um, so it, like it instilled in me this sort of sense for love for like mystery and weird stuff because the kind of we're going to spoil a twenty-plus-year-old game. Uh, what this game reveals over time is that you didn't actually wash up in an island. You you're uh, shipwrecked in the middle of the ocean and asleep, and you need to wake up. But like this nightmare force is keeping you asleep. Uh, so it's got this very surreal element to it. This is like a Zelda game where Mario basically shows up. You have to give someone a photo of Princess Peach because he has a crush <laughs> on her. Um, there are Twin Peak references littered throughout the game. Uh, again, the fact that it's Twin Peaks inspired feels like it subconsciously primed me to love that yeah. kind of like weird surreal shit. And I'm a massive Twin Peaks fan. Um, so like it's very informative in not only my taste of games but like my taste of like narratives and stories and like mm-hmm. art etc. Like it, it just really formed me as informed me as a person. And um, last year in 2019, and I think we'll we'll, we'll circle back to this in our next topic. Uh, like they announced a Switch remake shortly after Kingdom Hearts three came out, and uh, Kingdom Hearts three is on my top ten of all time. Kingdom Hearts two is on my top ten of all time mm-hmm. list. Um, but um. To see a remake of my favorite game of all time was like a another like holy shit moment for me. Um, it's a great game. Uh, I think the Switch version loses some of the charm and the weirdness, but it makes it a much more playable uh, experience in the modern days. And anyone who wants a great 2D Zelda should buy it for their mm-hmm. Switch. Uh, it's pretty short, but there's nice mysteries there, uh, and it's got this beautiful like tilt shifted like toy aesthetic. Uh, I think the amiibo of Link in that game is adorable. Uh, so if you're into amiibo, go grab one. Um, but yeah, it's just such a tightly executed game, and like the fa- there's it's also a massive technical achievement. I, I think that's the last thing is that they made a full Zelda game on the fucking <laughs> Game Boy. And if you know anything about the Game Boy, that is not something that should have nope. been possible. <laughs> um, so like it, it's just an incredible f- game um, that that was really informative for me, and it. I, every time I go back and play it, I'm still just, like, in yeah. love with it. Um, I have so. not played any Legend of Zelda game, really, ever. I have played a few, but they just don't stick with me. <laughs> yeah, we, we talked about this when you weren't interested in yep, Breath no. of the Wild in our uh, top just, 10 just games didn't the last do it for decade, me. So. I do want to give them more of a fair shot. 
because they do sound great every time someone talks about them. But then I'm like, I could play other games. <laughs> I could I keep I could keep playing Destiny. Yeah, it almost feels like I mean, like like it feels like one of those games that you should be playing just because it's so often part of the conversation, right? Like, yeah. how many times have you heard "Ocarina of Time" is the greatest uh, game? Of all time? Probably at least once. You probably a month. hear that a lot. <laughs> From yeah, someone. exactly. Um, because it it's often said that, and like, like now it's like Breath of the Wild might be that because of like mm-hmm. this is a very important game franchise. So, like, that's all all I would say. Like, I know when you did your top ten games, I was like, I should give GTA Five a try, and I've I've yeah. started doing that. Um, but like it, it's almost like an educational thing um but but i think that kind of segues nicely into like our, our final segment um which is like what role do games have in our lives yeah. right now um why, why don't you, you kind of kick this off, off right. with, like how you see games fitting yeah into no it's, it's interesting a lot of the games i play and like you could tell based off of even just the last few weeks are mostly and we've we've, we've joked about it like the games as a service type games like I used to play a wide variety of games, even though maybe looking back, it doesn't seem like it. I actually did. Uh, like I used to play pretty much every like major AAA release. I used to play a lot of indie games. And I'm like looking back at like, at least when I look back, I'm thinking that like 2007 to 2013, 2014, maybe 2015 era of games that like weird 10 ish year span. I used to kind of just try and play everything. Um, and I actually enjoyed that because like, I kind of had more time to do that, that kind of stuff. I mean, like I mean, you were you in high school, school at two o'clock, two, three o'clock, yeah. you get home. Don't do your homework. If you're like me <laughs> and you just play games. Uh, I was not uh, like you on a roll. I was on the honor roll. I just did my homework at nine o'clock at night. Uh, <laughs> video games are my priority, which I guess is a, yeah it's just like interesting it's like yeah i would get home i would play games i'd usually have whatever the latest game is like i would go pick it up with my parents at gamestop or it would be on its way from amazon and be delivered by then or whatever or even like in the like 2010s to 2012s i was like which is weird i was like reviewing games for like a website that i ran so i was like i would just get them in the mail and i would play them which i guess maybe is kind of why it's changed a little bit because like now i i just focus a lot on like one or two games at a time and usually those are live service games that go on literally forever like like uh destiny is um but the interesting change there is like i as much as i play games as a service i also play games part of services <laughs> like like game pass like i think that's a very interesting way like yeah. well game pass lets you i mean and you and maybe i'm stealing your thunder like it lets you sample yes. games without paying as much it money very much lets you do a lot of the sampling ahead of time and at least at least game pass is like an xbox I don't want to consider myself like an Xbox fanboy, but like just as someone who's only really ever played on Xbox for so for since like Halo Two, going back to the last conversation, it's just like it's it's easy because like I like all, I like ninety percent of the games that Microsoft puts out. I'm like into those franchises, so like Game Pass works because it's like okay, I'll just play the new Gears of War stuff. I'll play the new Halo stuff. I'll play the new Forza. Oh, uh, they have a new thing. Like let me try that out. Oh, there's this weird indie that I heard of they'll probably eventually be on game pass i'll just try it out then like i'm, I'm yeah. i don't feel like i'm in the i'm in a rush to play games as i used to be of like oh i gotta play yeah. this game on launch day i gotta be there with everyone and sometimes that that is the case like i feel like at least with halo it's gonna be like when halo infinite comes out it's gonna be like i'm gonna be playing that day one day I'm one playing out <laughs> yeah. with everybody like i i don't want to miss that experience but that's also because i'm a halo fan um, and like I have a feeling that game is going to have more like games as a service feelings and features than any other Halo has in the past, 
or it's going to be like another cool Halo. But I don't know. The way they haven't talked about it much yet has me very intrigued. And they keep saying it's a radical departure yeah. or something like that or a reinvention of the franchise. So it just might so. be my uh, the other game I play along with, with uh, Destiny 2 <laughs> with whatever yeah. expansion or whatever that game is cooking up for. You'll make your own Spartan. Master Chief will be in you in missions. Like I could literally just see it being Destiny. I, I like, kind of want it to Chief be like Destiny and, and, and I also like don't want it to be like Destiny but have some I of those like, like at least I want it to pull some things from Destiny. I want it to have if just brief tangent. I want it to be like a Gears Five style campaign where it's like a, a small open mm-hmm. environment where you can kind of do some exploration and do side shit. But then maybe the multiplayer component yeah. is a more live service thing than that kind of blends the Halo multiplayer stuff that they were doing even in Five, mm-hmm. but with a more Destiny. Yeah, experience. I wonder if they're gonna so. go something more like like that, or like even go expand it just like a little bit more. And I think Far Cry is probably the worst example I could pull up, but like that kind of like first person, just like there is like an open, open world, world but there's a story you're chasing, and like I think in Halo sense, there's, there's a guy who tells you the definition exactly. of insanity. Yeah, it's just gonna be, <laughs> yeah, it'll be something like that. But I don't know. I'm I'm I'm, I'm curious yeah. what what they're doing. But yeah, uh, it's it's just interesting. Uh, just getting back to the topic of like where games are in our life. Yeah, it's. I don't feel caught up in everything. Like you know, like I'm fine missing games. I'm fine not knowing about games. Like if someone t- tells me there's a new yeah. uh, Final Fantasy game, I'd be like, I had no idea that I was even out. And also like. Yeah, Final Fantasy Seven remakes out. Yep. Nick, we've talked about it for like <laughs> ten episodes. We haven't even done ten episodes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like things like that where I'm like, I don't really care if i'm missing out on a lot of those games it's just like i i like i like the culture a lot and like i like the way the way things are now is like also games are like old games that i've missed are also coming back and like eventually i'll probably get to play those and, but i don't feel it's it's weird like you kind of feel a little bit of like oh i probably should have played Link's awakening or like any legend of zelda game and cared about it but whatever like i'm like i and if you have Nintendo Switch Online, you can play the original Zelda 2 and Link to the Past, their <laughs> Nintendo NES and SNES s- subscriptions. Like, all seriousness, like, if you're paying for their online, that you have true. three Zelda games That's for free true. ready to be played. Maybe I will um, do that. So. Um, but, yeah, no, it's games are interesting with me. I just kind of like to stick with one or two right now. I'll, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how, like, that changes, like, just, just like, looking back at, like, how I used to play games versus how much time i have and also like now versus like i work and then i end up just playing whatever i can at night and usually like i said it's just like one or two games like i'm curious how that changes over the next like five ten years just based on like how how our lives evolve and just like all right where do games end up taking a place and i'm kind of like it's it's interesting not knowing because i used to always think it's like yeah of course i'm gonna play every game ever like and i always thought that would be the way when i was younger and like interesting it's like interesting just like feeling that change and then like letting that like mentality go and just accepting like yeah no i'm fine i'm fine i'm fine with this like i don't need to play everything yeah uh, i'm kind of the same i think uh a bit more extreme though like i i'm losing interest in games i would say um not entirely like a lot of the games i'm excited for are like sequels to franchises that are very important yes. to me so like zelda like a new zelda very excited kingdom hearts 3 felt like whenever when i brought that up earlier it actually felt like closing a chapter kind mm-hmm. of because kingdom hearts 2 came out in a really really difficult time in my life I, we've talked about this 
Um, and that also came out in 2006 in America. Kingdom Hearts 3 <laughs> came out in 2019. Now, there were like seven Kingdom Hearts games that are essential to understanding Kingdom Hearts 3 released in between, but it very much felt like this, not just for that series, but like even for like games and how tightly integrated they were into my life, like a closing of that book and that I could like move mm-hmm. on, that I didn't have to like care as much anymore. Um, because I think, I mean, you've you worked at Harmonix for multiple years. I was there for about a year, but like I also worked at EA, and so like I've seen... I've seen different parts of gamer culture as part of my work <laughs> that have increasingly made me disinterested in a lot of mm-hmm. games and like being in the culture to be very up- right. upfront. Um, the games I like, I'm still passionate about, but like these days I'm into like weird indie games and the occasional big budget title like Control. Like Control has really hit me hard. Uh, something like Jedi Fallen Order kind of speaks to me because it's like a company that's combining their expertise like wall running and like Titanfall style gameplay with a big IP like Star mm-hmm. Wars and Star Wars has gone to shit um, with another genre that I like. So like unless you're making like a new Dark Souls and you're from software or it's like a weird indie game, like I'm, I'm very often more interested in like re-releases yeah. and like HD remasters of games. Like I bought um, I bought the Mega Man Zero collection for my Switch. I haven't played it yet, but like I bought that because I liked those games on Game Boy Advance and DS. Uh, and that was more appealing to me than Mega Man mm-hmm. 11. Uh, I've been playing a lot more games since we're in pandemic, but like I I don't know that that will be true again afterwards. Yes, like, I'm very curious um, on that. <laughs> like even like, like I, we led with me saying like I'm super tired. And that was because like I got to like socialize with people in person for the first time in a while, safely, mm-hmm. mind you. Um, and like it was just so it just felt so much more enjoyable than like sitting on the couch playing games for, mm-hmm. for however many hours even if i was playing with a friend like remotely um like it, it no they don't take up as much room in my life anymore and uh i think it's also because i have such a niche taste a lot of times like my favorite game of the year right now is kentucky route yep. zero and i think tying that back into zelda like Kentucky Route Zero is just like the Midwest version of Twin Peaks. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a it's like a very Twin Peaks like thing. It also like reads plays a lot like the books I like to read, um, which are like these weird magical realism kind of things. Um, I just don't see as many games speaking to me and interesting me as much. And sometimes I'll play games to be part of the conversation. Like that's why I like Game yep. Pass. Uh, yeah. It's like if I do find a game that I like, and it's often a game that is like a throwback, uh, I can play it on Game Pass. And if I'm worried about not finishing it and wanting to keep playing it i can buy it at the discount like i actually did that um about for bloodstained ritual mm-hmm. of the night uh, which is a game our pal renzo brought up when he was here uh it's a game i've been enjoying because i love castlevania symphony of the night which is from playstation era and it's from that team uh, well from the creator of that game and i wanted to play it but i don't know when it could leave game pass and i haven't been playing a ton so i, I just paid for it um but like it's really just that game but that game being symphony of the night but it's modern in 4k and hd graphics and shit and like that's the stuff that speaks to me is these throwback things um and so like games i'm still interested in them. like i'm super excited for elden ring which is like the next from soft game with like george rr R. martin helping with the world mm-hmm. building but like a lot of these big games aren't doing it for me. Like I, I think I bounced off of Modern Warfare's multiplayer because it was just too anxiety-inducing, and I think the single player was, as we talked about, a bit, a bit problematic, and it didn't know what it wanted to mm-hmm. be. 
Uh, I have not particularly interested right now in this rumored Black Ops Cold yeah, War I've been, stuff. Yeah, I've been loosely uh, <laughs> reading that. That's all interesting. I also kind of wish they had just called it Black Ops 5 and had finished what they had started with Black Ops 4. And just uh, for viewers who can't see this camera, because this is an audio podcast, uh, that they did the four the four uh, like strikes and then like a strike through it for the five, because that felt like the logical next step in the yep. branding. <laughs> um, but... Like I'm not interested in a lot of stuff. Like I'll, I'll be interested in Halo Infinite for sure. Like I think I am still excited. Like I'm gonna get a PlayStation Five and an Xbox Series X. Maybe not at launch for both of them, but definitely like yeah. one of them. I am excited. Like I'm mildly excited for like Ghost of Tsushima, but I'm not super hyped for The Last of Us too. Like I, I just feel like my interests are elsewhere now. And like when a game does speak to me, it really fucking speaks to me. Like I love, like I cannot state this enough. I love control. Control is fucking wild. It's great. Um, but I just find myself less interested. And then I'm playing a lot of games right now because I paid for them and I haven't had much else to do because we are in mm-hmm. a pandemic. But um, for me, it's, it's been a, like a downturn and also like a, a realization of what genres really work for me. And it's like, jrpgs but like old school jrpgs or like final fantasy and then like shocking music yep. and rhythm <laughs> games and then like weird horror games and indie yeah. games so uh yeah 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 uh, the, the, the more i also was like thinking about it, it's like a lot of the games that i do end up playing are games that are also just like social experiences especially in like the times we're in now where it's like can't really go outside and hang out with friends at all or even too often or whatever it's just like having that ability just to like let's just hang out in the tower and destiny even and just like screw around for like 30 minutes and just chat it's like always like that that's that's like kind of been where i've been at with games even for the past like couple of years it's just like especially as like people move apart in different states it's like let's just let's just hop on it doesn't matter like if we're doing good if we're doing bad if we're making progress let's let's just chat and have fun and like use this game as a reason to do so yeah yeah um cool but all right i think i think that kind of wraps this up again we want to do a bit of a shorter episode to kind of be mindful of our busy yes. days today uh or when nick's busy day and me being exhausted <laughs> and somewhat busy um but before we do that it's time for kian's song pick of the week um this is the second week in a row where carly ray jepson has tried to make a power play at the song pick of the week i just want to call this out um so i decided last week that this week's song pick of the week would be a song by a certain mm-hmm. band because they had an album coming out uh so uh I, I chose a song from said album and and we'll reveal that momentarily but carly ray jepson was like hold my uh rosé because she's she drinks rosé not beer so she wasn't like <laughs> you know hold my beer she's, she's all just like i'm gonna drop the b-sides to dedicate it and they're all gonna slap and they're all going to be bangers, and you're going to love all of them, and you're going to want to do a song pick of the week. Yeah. For it. Um, so maybe next week we'll finally have a Carly Rae Jepsen song pick of the week. We'll see. Um, but uh, I just wanted to call that out because last week we obviously were talking about how I want I did the Church a song, and then uh, I realized it was the one-year anniversary of Dedicated <laughs> uh, that same day that we were recording. Um, but no. This song, uh, this week's song pick of the week is If You're Too Shy, Let Me Know by the band The 1975. Uh, it's from their new album that just came out uh, this past Friday. It's called Notes on a Conditional Form. It's the second album of the Music for Cars era. <laughs> uh, and it's like a 80s pop, kind of like in excess kind of throwback style song uh, that it's kind of... It, it feels like a really good song for this time. It like does. a lot of songs in this yeah. album, but, but because... 
it feels like everyone who's either got an OnlyFans page or subscribed to an OnlyFans page maybe like gets the energy this song is putting <laughs> out. Um, Interesting. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean, because like some of the lyrics are like, baby, I, I don't even know the lyrics well enough, but it's like, maybe you'd look better if you took off your clothes. Do, do, do. And there's like a sweet saxophone after that. Um, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I just I really like it. I really like this album as a whole. There's it, there's a wide it's it's all over the place. There's the like song People, which is like a hardcore like pop punk style song, uh, where it's like people like people they wanna like. It's not like the 1975 mm-hmm. at all. And then there's these like sad like acoustic songs that I'm really into, and then like some very pop stuff, and then like some throwback kind of 80s songs like this. I listened to it uh, maybe like a couple hours ago. Uh, It's very, it's very chill. I enjoyed it. Um, uh, What was I going to say? It felt like a good uh, '80s movie intro song. Yeah, I was like, yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I I could see, I could see the credits rolling, the cars strolling up, people getting out of the car, walking to this, whatever it might be. I was like, yeah, I can, I can can totally dig this. I I don't listen to much of the 1975. I never really found them in my uh, wheelhouse for music, but I did dig this song so i might go back and listen to a little bit more of uh their stuff especially since uh i don't know i just enjoyed it it seems like a cool song cool cool all right well with that that's been our song pick of the week and uh, i think we're we're reaching our close here so nick why don't you yes, take us out so that would be the end we're at the end of episode seven which is crazy hey we made seven episodes and this will be our first episode with new visual. I know. I, it's going to be exciting. Um, but yeah, thank you everyone who uh, listened to us ramble on our little shorter episode. I'm curious if uh, people like the shorter episodes or not, or if they prefer the longer conversations. You could totally let us know. Just shoot us an email at show at figureitoutcast.com or drop us a line at figureitoutcast on Twitter and Instagram. Um, let us know. We're super curious on that kind of stuff. And also, let us know what you think about the branding that Kean's been working on. Um, if you're new to the show and uh, you want to stick around, we hope you do. Uh, give us a follow or a subscription over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Cast, Anchor, wherever it is you're listening to this. You could probably click a little button that'll uh, have this show delivered to you each and every week. Uh, if there is an option to review on that platform, if you want to leave us a review, do so. Uh, leave it super honest. We're curious to read and hear your thoughts over there reviews help with all the fun behind the scenes algorithmic crap that uh, all these platforms do to make cool shows rise to the top or at least just get discovered by a few more people so uh 
drop us a review if you can, and we totally appreciate it. Um, Kian, if people wanted to follow you on the internet, where can they do so? Sure. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. You can find me on Instagram. You can find me on TikTok. And you can find me on Smule, the karaoke app slash social network. saw you discovered this recently. As, uh, it wasn't even that recently. Uh, as at the Kian Rice. That's T-H-E-C-I-A-N-R-I-C-E. If you follow me on Smule, you'll get to see me sing uh, Run Away With Me with Carly Rae Jepsen. I thought we did great. You'll also get to see me sing Kiss from a Rose by Seal. Neither of us did very well. <laughs> Seal doesn't even seem to be able to sing his own song. Uh, so give me a follow there. And uh, yeah. Yep. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Nick underscore Mudry. I'm also on Twitch as It's Nick Mudry. Uh, that, that includes the It's. So it's I-T-S-N-I-C-K-M-U-D-R-Y. Um, that's where you can find me on all places um other than that thank you for listening to episode seven we'll be back next thursday at the same time same place that you're listening to this now uh with another episode so have a good one and thank you for listening bye